some outlines on some of the say when the, all the obstructions appear in terms of uh, verbal energy, verbal karma or mental intentional energy intentional karma or attention so intention and attention are I'm summarizing these as the, the mental energetic uh, so instructions in terms of verbal karma is when you get the endless chattering, the nagging the worrying, the fretting picking up particular topics and tossing them around or lock, locking onto a topic and worrying at it like a dog chewing it and worrying it uh, never really getting being able to swallow it or spit it out nag 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 and maybe you know you you throw with this verbal stuff you often throw it a few verbal tidbits like a little answer or two or a little pat on the head or whatever but it just snips that up and then goes back worrying again or picks up something else Mm. so essentially the the basic um, game plan is one listens you listen to that if it becomes something that you know you don't have the that particular bodily resource is not strong enough or whatever is you to go to the the underlying pattern of the verbal energy it's need so and you know whether it's kind of just need 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 or whether it's you know grumble 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 you know whatever it is it's some of these it's when it's a kind of raging thing or whether it's a sort of anxiety doubt if I maybe would I am I ever you know which is a fear mm. So if you can kind of, you know, take those things and take a trail down into them, you get past the topic, right down to the basic, you know, what what the what the energy is doing, and it's kind of need energy, uh, resistance, which can be defensive. It's definitely a kind of hard prickly edge to it you know. or it's uh, kind of frightened needs comfort so these are, are pretty standard patterns for us in terms of our karma if we didn't have any karma we wouldn't be here mm. If when you tra- when you begin to trace it down to to the, the, these simple patterns, it may be then more possible to have a heart response. You can't get heart response when it's still out, when it's out in terms of topics. Topics are always out there, you know, there. there. So that's when the energy is actually spun out. So you know you've got something going about this person or that day or that event or whatever, 
and he never and they won't and all this kind of stuff and it's out dealing with a lot of stuff that's actually absent and the delusion factor in this thing deliberately seeks things that are absent because it knows that you'll never deal you'll never be able to deal with it it's about somebody who died five years ago that's safe you know as far as delusion goes you're not going to dig them up or you sort it out with them so you know delusion and ignorance actually tries to push things out there to a place where you can't really reach it um and then you get the kind of hopeless, which is the you know the the, um, the the end result, in a way, is the just the, the hopeless, the helpless, the hopeless state, either hopelessly trapped or badly treated, or you know you know the kind of state of un- unassuageable need. And you know what occurs in is then basically the process your your liberation process then shuts down a vija or wrong seeing and delusion has found a way to basically close down your liberation process. You should remember that uh, ignorance or wrong getting it wrong or seeing it wrong is not a passive absence it's a potent presence. It's why we. It's how come we're still trudging along this uh, in this round, and you know it's always useful to kind of imagine it to be like a force or a person, even like Buddha used Mara to describe it because it it it, they sets up decoys, and the basic thing is it pulls you out away from your resource. And into a place where, you, you know, you can't really deal with it. It's past. It's somebody else, or you know, something in your body, something that seems locked in. Though then there's a kind of shutting and locking and a feeling of, uh, and then you may still have the same kind of underlying patterns of. So I actually am underprivileged or I am um, you know badly treated or you know I have so it kind of it affirms it 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 reserves your place in Sangsara for the next round (laughs) the seat has been booked If we can come back to just the, the the basic activities of that process, the activities of avijja, of wrong seeing, of ignorance, of wrong interpretation, and so at least we're coming back to this is right now, you know, the fear, the uncertainty, the resisting, the you know slightly hostile, defensive. This is the hungry, you know, this is nothing unusual, nothing untoward, I have this, you know, everybody has this, I have these sorts of things happen, you know, in certain situations, you know, much less now, but yeah, it's, it's, that's it. 
And if you can for start, maybe locate where you feel your body. If you feel up in your head, your chest, your belly, that helps. Maybe you know it's possible to just through going to a bodily experience of that, working through the bodily experience, you know, releasing the bodily tension, deepening the breath. working from it as a bodily way or a mental way, the way of, of intent is essentially intention of the heart. This is the compassion, this is the caring, you know, this is the openness, so the in your, your heart intention you know, can, is then if you bring it down to, to these basic patterns, then in a way it's quite clear what it needs. And just even to be asking oneself the question, not how can I make this work? How can I feel that way? But just how can this particular experience, this core experience, how can I can I open to that? To what extent can I open to that? Can I empathize with that? Maybe that itself. So by that you bring a different energetic to play. You bring an energetic that's associated with presence, with instead of absence, absenting. It's to deal with uh, centering and coming here rather than spinning out. It's to deal with holding, it's to deal with nourishing, it's to deal with that kind of, it brings that kind of energetic into play um, rather than that which is always resisting, suffering and so on. And this is what we have heart intention for. Mm-hmm. In a way, we are we have we are matched. Our karma, our negative karma, is our koan, and it's asking us to access and open our resource. Essentially, that's the only resource that's going to work however much a good friend, a teacher, guide can remind you, point you to that, however much a situation can induce and catalyze that, eventually it has to come back to that. That's the beauty, that's the accuracy of liberation. It's only our own. And uh, it's just to remember that as a human being you're fine, everybody's fine. Awijja is is not seeing and we don't see the resource properly. We've give, sometimes we've given up on it. Sometimes we've actually been told or suggested that we don't have it. Or we've acted in ways that have belittled and demeaned ourselves. So, you know, we've even become slightly cynical or 
defeated in ourselves. Mm. These are all the the uh, pollutions that have affected our intent, our mental karma. The way we hold ourselves. In terms of, uh, you know, now of course this, this sort of stuff doesn't happen, you know, snap bang overnight. Like, um, Lucy in those Charlie Brown cartoons, you know, five cents please. And come along, this, that, and this, thing, you ask the questions, you've got a, a little stall. Free help, you know, professional help. You go along with this, that, and the other. She says, snap out of it, five cents, please. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, doesn't quite happen on the, like that, you know, it, it does require work because those, those things are, are powerful. So maybe, you know, the best one can do is, is with your, with this verbal karma, is just we don't increase it, release containing that, or at least not perpetuating that. And also without our mental karma and in our quality of intent and attention. Knowing you know that that one's um, one's in Intent, one's at least one's idea, one's aspiration, may be quite you know profound, high, far-reaching. Its aspiration is that way. Its willingness is that way. Its capacity may not be at the point, at the same level as the willingness or the interest. Mm. It takes time, and that intent has to be encouraged. Saying, okay. A day when you didn't make it worse, we'll call that a success. A day when at least you didn't cut, put veils all over it, that we'll call a success. A day when you didn't totally absent, the, your intent did not you know, make it worse, your intent at least stayed in the, kept it in the arena. You know. So like here, you know, our intent just, just being here, doing this 10 days, holding this space, respecting each other, you know, respecting your place. That itself is, is good, beautiful intent, and to, it has to be encouraged, recognized, acknowledged. You have to feed back to yourself. It's like, you know, to, 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 to feed yourself back, to feed back your goodness, not just to do it, but to feed it back. This is all helpful for healing intent, which is can be severely defeated um, by either overreaching, you know, and a lot of times our intent is expected to overreach. It's like, you know, the impossible you're supposed to do every day, miracles only once a week. But the impossible, do that every day. You know, so your intent is actually often, as an idea, is a way out 
of what your energetics are are about. So you, you get these burnout effects, and you get very high expectation, very high performance standards, very quick results, quick, high, and cheap. <laughs> you know, it, 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 no, it's actually slow, <laughs> moderate. <laughs> because <laughs> you have to actually g- give it all you've got really uh. so you, you know rather than going to the overreach defeat which is another way in which a Ouija works it almost sets you up with ideals and standards that you, you can't, you're not capable right now, at least of reaching. So you go into the defeat mode again, and again it becomes something that closes down your vehicle for you. The basic um, ability of intent is to, is to incline to open, to touch the, you know, da- the disturbance, the, the karma as it is. Can we touch that? Can we acknowledge? Can we be a little bit clear about defining, you know, the sense of dis-ease, density, withdrawal, what's, what's there? Mm. Maybe just that much as touching it, and so it will, you know, it only it only opens as it's as you're ready for it. You try forcing into it. If you have to use force, you're not actually ready for that. You haven't got it together. You haven't got the capacity right now. When the capacity is right, the energetics are actually are really, you know, you know there is a synchronicity about them. So you can't really go into a, a damaged or a defective place by force. If you do, the, the, it's, you're, you're actually cheating and you, know, you, you don't have the resource to deal with it. When, when the resources are right, just that sense of, atten- you know, of attentiveness, of inquiry and the, the, the steadiness of that and the quality of that, things begin to open, shift happens. Mm. So it's just, just that sense of being able to be in the presence of. And if we can't be in the presence of, acknowledging that, saying, okay, you can't, that's something you can't be with right now, but it's like, that's, it's like pause button, Meanwhile, you know, and see if we can find place where we can gather um, resource and breath, body, space, walking, movement, metta, kindness, you know, deliberate exercise to enhance the quality of our mind. And then see again, we can come back. And often it's a kind of weaving backwards and forwards that's required.
an intent is an intention and attention the mental karma is the is the most fundamental the most primary the most significant really so that's the one you have to cherish and nourish at all costs the mind can be liberated the body can't be liberated thought can't be liberated it can be, it can be cleansed but it can't be liberated uh, so the, the intention and attention even if you've got a kind of funny old cranky personality but you're in, you, that's okay you know if you've got a if your intention and attention is healthy you can carry a crabby old personality on top of it. There's no problem. I've been carrying mine for years. <laughs> you, know, you can share it a little bit. You can carry a few twinges and aches and pains. Yeah, you can manage that. And a bit dull and a bit flat and a bit fiery. You can, you can carry that. Uh, there's some, some stuff just does not uh, wear out, but you're able to, to carry it. The intention and attention are the two fundamental ones. Attention, the sense of being able to create a field. Uh, this field could be one inch wide. It could be smaller, you know. It can be a very narrow focus. It could be something that's large, like my body, um, my breath body, um, space in this room uh, the quality of heart you know the, the, the mood of heart the compassion of heart the bright the aspiration of heart you know you can make those into into fields that you you you, you establish you stabilize your attention in that particular mode and you know with in mind cultivation such as you're doing you have a a range of possibilities from the physical, psychological, emotional, energetic. And so attention can establish itself in a relevant field where you can feel stable, you, you've got ground, you've got room, and then you can, from that place, you can start to attend to the disturbance. Say if you've established a field of loving kindness, for example, or, you know, a sense of, this is not wishing to be kind of cynical, but it's, it's unusual with, uh, for a group to be able to establish that strong a field because, you know, you, you probably mostly don't know each other, you're a little bit, you're not particularly interested in each other, you're not particularly trying to be together. Um, when you do have a, a kind of a, a connected group, then that, that helps. Here, perhaps, we can establish something by this room, in a way. Like everybody, whoever they are, they're, they're putting their bit into the general thing. And that's another sense of, of a, a support field. The sense of, you know, everybody here is suffering like crazy, same as me, um, and, and working with things. And that, there's something there about that that stabilizes. Uh, you know, you don't get too obsessed or, or 
locked in. And all beings from Buddhas, Arahants and so forth all the way down have lived in this kind of field of fear, of need, of aversion, rage, doubt, anxiety. This is the human, you know, these are, this is the human karma or the negative karma and also in the field of, ble- of merit, of blessings, in their grandeur, in their compassion, in their purity, in their patience, in their diligence. Mm. And uh, there's this possibility for the good to pull us out of the orbit of the bad. So, um, practice of anapanasati is a mindfulness around uh, experience, breathing in, experience of breathing out, and all that that brings up entails. <coughs> and so, the Buddhist instructions are quite quite simple. Um, Creating a space, clearing a space. In the in the teaching time, and finding the root of a tree, a quiet place, root of a tree. Uh, taking the cross-legged position, one sits with the back upright, sense of uprightness, establishing mindfulness, bringing mindfulness to the fore. Mindfully, one breathes in, mindfully, one breathes out. Knowing one is breathing in, knowing one is breathing out. <coughs> so, when you consider this root of a tree, is a very good thing to be sitting under, sitting beside. Uh, sense of rootedness into the ground and when, it, when something is rooted into the ground spreading, steady, established naturally it grows up and as upright beings this is what we do if we are settled and established and connected centred, grounded we are where we are then we go upwards we ascend there's no conflict between ascent and descent. They're part of a of a loop. Our descent is our descending energy is our connection to the ground, <coughs> and it spreads out. <coughs> the ascending energy is connects us to the sky, the space, um, the upward, the non-manifest. 
the downwards and the outwards directs us to the manifest. In terms of where, where we are here, uh, recognizing it takes quite a bit of time to really feel settled in one's space, settled where one's sitting. Physically, the body's here. Uh, psychologically, emotionally, it takes a little time to feel comfortable, feel welcomed. Sort of uh, familiarizing oneself. Also, just switching off any alarm motors that we may have about other people. It takes quite a bit of time because those alarm motors are, are, are built in. Even if you're not actually panicking, we're in a state of preparedness with other people. You need to present something, uh, conceal something, um, manifest something. Um, hide something. Even when it's actually, even these things aren't actually up and running, they're, they're potential. And even having potential energy dealing with that or holding that kind of business um, means that all one's energy is not yet settled. One is not yet here. So this is, uh, you know, Part of our practice is, in a way, dealing with the, the horizontal direction, people around us, physically around us right now. And we have our we have our space, we have our own space. We feel nobody's going to jump in on that, and being quite clear about that with each other. Uh, you know, feeling, yeah, I, I'm okay here, and that other people are you know, keeping precepts. We're in. A, state of collectedness. So there's going to be a softness, uh, a spaciousness about our contact. It's all very valuable. Just to, to decharging or discharging the potential for preparedness, alarm in the present moment. Most of us also carry a certain amount of baggage with us from the past, the things we haven't resolved. Retreats can be a time when some of that stuff actually comes up and has to be acknowledged and resolved as part of what we do. So the, the horizontal direction is, is never, you know, never completely settled, um, you know, just by coming on retreat. Uh, you know, there are always kind of roots out there that, that still need to be nourished. But at least we're making the present okay, mm. knowing how to do that creating a space around us, recognizing one is sitting within a space, the space is underneath you, it's holding you up, space is around you, it doesn't crush you, it's not a barren space, you know, one breathes into that, one draws air in from that. Like we were doing uh, some energy work the other day and working on establishing a relationship with the ground, settling into the ground, not sort of perched on top, but really settling in and drawing energy up from the ground, up through the spine, uh, out, up through the spine and the crown of the head. And this is a way of, of linking to the space around you. This is not purely a physical thing. Um, 
we may, if we think of it in purely physical terms, we may think, well, yeah, maybe, maybe not, so what? But just acknowledging uh, that space around you can have a tremendous effect, you can feel somehow rushed along in your life, like you're on skids, you're rushing along, you're in a space that kind of continually pushes you and propels you. You're in a space that at any moment turns hostile, feels unloving, you feel you have to actually get, demand attention, get, demand nourishment, it doesn't come easy. The space around you is a barren womb. Mm. Or it can be a very, very rich and abundant place. Uh, unfortunately, this is not so common. Uh, space around us is often things we've had to, to work for and uh, feel, you know, we, we, we've managed to claw something out of it. Mm. But still, it, it can be a held, a held situation. Why? For um, people, many people nowadays, it's, uh, you know, you have to negotiate entering other, other people's spaces quite, quite carefully. And, and, you know, we kind of buffer zones of how close we can get to each other. Because of the, you know, the space around us is, has been only made okay through a considerable amount of, of uh, work. Yeah. But just acknowledging when one breathes in and breathes out, one empties into that space which can contain all, you know, all your staleness, all your darkness can, can blow out into that and it doesn't mind. I mean, you can eliminate, you can let release, you can let go into that and it's fine. And you can draw in from that. You draw in, obviously you draw in breath through your skin, through your mouth, nose. Um, you draw in warmth from the sun and so on. And all kinds of other um, energy. So the space around you physically is quite effective for you. Psychologically it has power to it. Mm. When we sit, we have to spend, uh, it's good to spend time just making your space your own. Just feeling your, your, your tissues, your flesh can rest in it. You don't have to hold yourself. It's very common for there to be a background quality of holding one's own body, which has been so normalized that we don't acknowledge we're doing it. It's just a, uh, like a 5% tension rather than it can swing up to 85%. So when it just goes down to 5 you think, well, this is bliss. <laughs> you know, you're not up in the 80s. But <laughs> Still, you know, there's, there's, there's a residual kind of gritness. Um, and when you sit and meditate for quite a while, that you're actually sitting in that, there's an accumulative effect to that because one doesn't actually d- discharge that. So what happens when, you, when you're meditating, you're not actually uh, able to, to get stimulation energy from activity and events and experiences. You're sitting in your bath water, the bath water of your particular energy and how it is. And so you're sitting in it longer, 
and longer. <laughs> and it's not actually not flushing anything down the drain and you haven't got the taps on. It starts to get a bit, you know, you, you kind of crumple. We crumple, I crumple, thou crumplest. You know, let's not get aggressive about this, but we buy, we, <laughs> we meet in the crumpling. There's a certain sort of, you know, sinking and stag- stagnation that can occur with it. It's kind of flat. Or, you know, you can get really wired. Because what's either the descending energy, you know, is dis- descending but not being able to empty out. So you just, in the, like, you're not being able to pull the plug out of the bath water, so it's getting staler and staler. <laughs> yeah. Or you just, your taps are on, you know, and you're just going up and up and up. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you, you haven't got, you know, you haven't got a cycle of being able to kind of let things flow through. So that, that uh, the meditation then tends towards heightening particular blockages or tensenesses that one has been able to coast along with fairly okay because it was only you know five percent rather than eighty percent. And then when you, you sit for a long time, you know you realize that five percent actually accumulates, right? recycled, it accumulates. You get a build up of it. Sometimes it's the case that just our, our human uh, ability to persist and, and, uh, and strive means that you, you, know, you, you just accumulate and accumulate and then there's a kind of breakthrough and you come out into fresh air. But breakthrough isn't always as good as it sounds because actually one has just snapped something so you, but you haven't really you know, gone through a process of carefully you know, kind of connecting uh, a sustaining energy loop. This is actually what in-breathing and out-breathing should do. It should be a way of entering a sustaining energetic mode which heightens and purifies and crystallizes into these uh, samadhi states, which are states of, of uh, very pure and, and bright energy. Steady, bright energy. For many people, it doesn't quite work that way. Particularly when we just enter it, enter the that particular practice or the practice of the idea of concentrating. And unfortunately, concentrating—it's a word, so what? But what it can bring up for us is more locking, more tightening, more constricting, more compressing than you've already got. Yeah. So this is, you know, use the analogy of of riding a horse. Before you ride on the horse, it's best if you can get it to stand upright. Riding on the horse when it's still lying down, you know, particularly when it's kind of lying on its side in this buried in straw, and you get the saddle on it, and you tighten the girth, and you put the bridle in it. And you tighten that up, and you kind of slap the reins, and uh, you know, the thing twitches a bit. So you think, "Oh, we're getting somewhere." <laughs> be, so before we really start getting the, you know, all the, the the kind of trappings on the thing, it's 
you know, make sure the thing is actually on its legs and can walk. Uh, so cultivating mindfulness of breathing, first of all, get some, you know, get the breathing to, to happen. Uh, and that maybe that means, first of all, making a place where it can happen, where one feels, you know, hey, I'm here. This is, you know, where, whatever I am, I'm here. You know, what I am, but here I am. I'm connected. I've got feet, I've got legs on, on the ground. Mm-hmm. Checking out the body, so the upright direction. I think we did some exercise the other day, just carefully locating the spine from the tail up to the sacrum, lumbar region thorax, neck, remember the neck and the tail are both parts of the spine, so you shouldn't, you know, the the cutting off that can occur around the throat region and around the waist region is quite endemic and destructive and it's got all kinds of, you know, other things get tagged onto that, like the, the, the talking head, you know, on top of this other thing separate from this other thing. Mm. But now we're trying to actually connect the whole system from the lowest base points to the highest through the spinal axis, through the neck, into the crown of the head and beyond. Down through the tail, down into the ground, you know, under the ground, so creating a very wide uh, span for, for that upright axis. Some of the other things, just to remind you, you know, be out being prepared and capable of going to just checking out these directions something to do with horizontals if for example if your eyes are open and not focused on objects you have peripheral vision then you get a sense of you know a space you're, you're in something you know and what that does is it means you, your energy doesn't just drop uh, um, without uh, without being monitored so what can happen when your eyes close is you get Quite quick descent, but it, it's a it's a it's a descent that isn't it's not part of a loop. It's just basically the string is cut, and you, you drop, and you go into the the abyss, the kind of swirling, um, unconnected abyss. Now it's fine. Obviously, when we're breathing out, we are we're deliberately and carefully d- descending as part of the process, but. You know, there's a, there's a tether there, there's a rope there, and you're coming down that, and you're going to come up it again. It's not just cutting and and dropping. Mm. So we're just uh, maintaining a certain amount of timing and measurement about such things. Mm. So are you centered? Are you grounded? Uh, horizontal direction, say sitting with the eyes open, the hands resting, palms down on the legs. Sense of connection to 
like a braced or balanced connectedness. We're not actually pushing, but we're definitely acknowledging with our hands the sense of of you know, supportive zone around us. The eyes open, easy. Nothing's going to jumping at us. Nothing's coming at us. We're fine. Everything you know. We tone down the contrast button in our visual field. We're just in a nice, steady blur. That's enough. You know, so your, your energy is just present at the surface of visual consciousness. You're not probing it. You just acknowledge there's light. There is such a thing as, as visual. And so you've got that sense of, of certain holding places. And within that you can... Because if you have a, 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 a strong or a balanced horizontal or a spatial dimension around you, when you center, it's quite natural and easy to get the sense of lifting up and uprightness. When one is centered and balanced, then the breath breathing pattern becomes more obvious. It's the most natural sign for the awareness to attune to. It's the life sign. Once we've left the womb, that's the that's the sign, you know, of of life. Your emotions follow that. When you're threatened or tense, your breath locks and holds. When you're relaxed, it eases. Life and death are measured by breath and your ability to, to fully breathe. Now unfortunately, that ability to, to, for the breath to move fully and give you life gets is checked. One can't breathe out completely. One can't breathe in completely. This may be the case. When you contemplate It may be rather a difficult thing to find. Particular points to to recognise are the, the endings of the in breath and the endings of the out breath. When you are breathe, when you ask yourself how do you know you're breathing, then you'll probably register a certain flow pattern, a certain suffusion experience marked by two full stops the full stop of the in and the full stop of the out you don't need to get a lot more than that just that stop flow, stop, flow 
and feel out the qualities of those. And as you experience the the flow of, of breath, how far does it drop? Does it suddenly check, stop? Is it suddenly held? Or does it uh, drop and drop and fade and empty? It may be that your breath drops no lower than your, your solar plexus, or not much lower than that. Particularly if we associate breath purely with the passage of air, we may think, well, that's, that's all, that's enough. That's all you need. But the full process of breathing extends beyond the sucking in and expulsion of air. Breathing is not completed by just that alone. Breathing is completed by the continuing dropping of energy down through the body, like your center dropping, because this is where you get the energetic release, the energetic relaxation where if you like the cleansing of the breath can can descend this is more than air this is the whole energetic exchange that occurs when you breathe how low can you drop it's finding the lowest the point and what, what sensation occurs around that with its tingling held and seeing if you can at least with your, with your awareness move beyond that it's what's on the other side of the stop point what's below you what's below the end of your breath how is it is it okay Is it sort of woozy and black? Is it slightly suspect and dangerous? Is it happy and peaceful? Is it what? This is obviously affected by, uh, can be affected by the, the, you know, if you're used to kind of having a belt clip around you your waist with a buckle on it you've got this kind of cut experience around there um, the suggestion of that being held it's also the, the sexual and uh, eliminatory functions of the body and things that are touchy wary you know not easy for us slight amounts of distaste or shame or fear or apprehension around it these may all have certain effects because the, the solar plexus connects through, through muscles and through energy to these lower points in the body. And if you're wary, touchy, tense, unrelaxed about the lower parts of the body, it's likely to register in your, in your solar plexus. So also the solar plexus is the thing that tightens when you defend. So when you get shock, you, you tighten there. And again one may not be in particularly shock 
but just having echoes, you have a 2%, 5% background sort of shock from, you know, the daily confrontation with, with, uh, with um, social conditions. Now maybe when you breathe out, you, you, can't, you don't feel that sense of relaxing and you even feel, uh, you know, I don't really, you know, don't really what's this is all about, and, uh, you know, lightly resisting it, you're not comfortable, not happy, fine. Well then, that, those resistance impressions are, are things that we are looking for actually. What does it say? What does it feel like? You know, what is it and how is it? And then what does it need? Maybe you say, oh, yeah, I need to be on my own. Okay. And sometimes just being able to, to get the, the feeling, see what it, what it needs, and just listen to that is enough. You get certain shift effects. Rather than running it through into into your head, just asking the question and letting the body hear that. And there's a kind of could be a bodily response. Almost like a you get these little shifts or like, like mini sighs of oh, yeah. Acknowledgement and relief. And a little bit more dropping. So there are several things in that process. First of all, to be able to, to, to track the sensations that you do have to their extremity, to begin to send your awareness beyond the extremity, if you like, you know, you follow, just go down to your feet, down your legs, like if you're very lightly running a, a finger down there past the breath, trace it, you know, track or create a, a, a pathway for energy to move down. Um, thirdly, acknowledge holding back resistance and explore it. In this particular um, breathing process, looking at it in this particular light, when we're using the the exhalation to to um, encourage downward energy. Visualizing can help. Visualizing, you know, something like dropping into a pool, descending in, in something that's that's comforting, that's sustaining. You're not kind of dropping out of the out of the out of an aircraft, you know. Ah, but you. <laughs> lowering into the sort of, you know, a more benevolent ground of being. These, these are helpful suggestions. It's likely that if, when you, the more you complete one direction, then the more you're going to be able to complete the other direction. The two are counterbalances of each other. The more fully one can breathe out, then the more deeply one can breathe in or one's in-breath, resources from a deeper place, reaches into a, a more connected and deeper place, is more um, 
celebratory, if you like. When we breathe in, it's like the taking in the nourishing and the ascending. And that can only happen if you've got a, 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 a firm place to, to draw in from. Rather like if you feel nervous about, for, for, about somebody, it's difficult to ask them for a loan or for a meal. You kind of say, well, perhaps you could just give me just, just a little bit and be all right. But I don't want to be demanding. Just, just maybe a little bit, if, if, if that's all right. Just a little bit would be all right. Please, thank you. But I'm sorry. You know, kind of, if you feel unsettled with somebody, Similarly, if you haven't settled into, into your place, then your in-breath isn't, I'll take as much as I want. <laughs> you know, and you, you fill up with it. And you feel, you know, you've got, there's, there's more than you need here. And you can open into that completely. You can expand into that completely. Your body can widen and lengthen into that completely. And seeing just as you as you in as the, with the inhalation, how much you can open. Again, the anatomical map doesn't do us a great deal of service. We tend to um, conceive of you know breath going up and down, for example. Now there is ascent and descent, but the body um, bodily. Um, processes don't really quite go up and down, they go all over the place actually. If you notice your belly comes forward, you tend to come forward, your, your chest goes sideways and forwards and up. You know, it's like kind of expanding balloon. Um, whereas we may, if we just refer to an anatomical map, just get the sense of breath kind of shuffling up and down a tube, like a lift. And, and there's no sense of, of widening or, or you know, going forward or going, going widthways. And how that, that suggestion can, you know, the suggestion of just purely going up and down doesn't allow for the, the deepening quality of space and dimension, uh, the deepening sense of expansion and suffusion that can occur with inhalation. So rather than breathing up and down, inhalation and exhalation is like core, a core experience centering into a ground, a core experience and coming out into a, into a, 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 a surface that's an expansion experience. Energetically it can be rather like that. You can contemplate that particular pattern. So then any surface can be your collarbones, can be your neck, can be the palms of your hands. These surface tissues, these very sensitive surface tissues will tend to resonate with the inhalation if you if it's in tune, if it's really allowed fully experienced, you get a kind of whole flush and flow. That flush occurs or continues after the air has stopped. 
it's, prob- it's often most recognizable after the air has stopped because the body has stopped moving. It's, you know, you, so you, it's like the, the energy flows in and then the, the body stops its subtle movement and there's still a sort of an afterwash which washes over. What can hold this back is the chest, the slightly held back chest, uh, the throat. And these, you know, have, of course, all kinds of stories to tell about one's uh, emotional state, one's expressiveness, or one's held back expressiveness. It's quite useful to, to try to, when you practice, just try, like, really opening your throat as if it's a really massive neck, you know, like a big, big uh, open space. And just unlocking this area in the, in the throat. Without forming words, just, just releasing your throat, you may find uh, particular you know, uh, feelings, emotions, moods coming up. is another protected area isn't it this is where you get the throttle or the the, always is the ties the hated ties this thing kind of one kind of buckle around your throat shutting you up the other kind of wrap around your waist shutting you down (laughs) the talking head on top of it (laughs) this is growing up we call it So with the inhalation, letting it happen, seeing how far the expansion goes, how comfortable you feel with it. The resistance and addressing the resistance. Resistance isn't always just uh, irritable, it can also be slightly nervous, overwhelmed, not certain about this. So you have to kind of work with these things carefully and through the spirit of inquiry. when, When there is balance, when you come into clear, clear water as it were, The vitaka, this ability to get it, you know. That's that, got it. And then the vichara, the how of it. It's flowing, it's it's light, it's fluid, it's fiery, it's um, thin, it's large, it's it's vast, it's rushing, it's soft. The more you you can uh, cultivate like that, then the deeper and deeper the sense of bonding into the breath occurs and is a quality of joy.
walking meditation. Um, <clears throat> sense of having a path is is, in, is important in walking meditation. It isn't just walking; it's walking um, with stopping, walking with stopping, standing, reiterate, reiterating something to be. Um, you know, meditative, it has to have a, a repetition, so you get a sense of a, going through a cycle. You know, one walks one way, one gets to the end of that, stop, discharge, st- you know, ground, turn, back again, or back, you know. Um, so there's that aspect to it, the ability to stop and stand. <coughs> Particularly with when one's moving along, then the space around you, you know, what you feel you're moving within, it's got a certain impetus to it. You know, when we're in, when we're in 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 stability, often we have a, a, a like a, um, a resistance to movement. You have to kind of get the thing started. When you're flowing, it's difficult to stop it. You get the kind of momentum thing. So sometimes just stopping, you don't want to stop and um, go. Uh, it's really to take charge of this, um, the space around you. Put it that way. The thing that moves you along, the thing that you move, what you're moving towards. So it's quite evocative in a way because the whole sense of journey moving towards a point is an evocative thing. And then, you know, the feeling we'll get to there or we have to get to there. There's the place we have to get to. And sort of moving along without really being where we are. So uh, unlocking the eyes, keeping the gaze light, non-specific, uh, a carefully held gaze. So it's not uh, a tightly held, sharp, hard gaze, nor is it just left to ramble. It's, it's gently held, carefully held, as if the eyes are fluid and floating. And your, your gaze, your, your, your visual field is really directed towards a space in front of you about, about arm's length. Gently, like your hand. That's that's kind of the area that you're within. Your your territory. And sometimes it's a lot less, you know. <laughs> but right now we can probably get it out there to the length of our arm. You know. Just moving along with that, and you know, when you get to the end of your path, then you know it because you have some sort of mark, you know, a tree or. A, book or a car or bench or whatever it is wherever you're walking so just making that mark and letting, letting that happen letting that come towards you if you like so staying within your space and moving along in that so being aware of the tendency to either you know be hurried along or pushed along or feeling you've got to get along or the the holding back, which can be, it's kind of like a weariness, you know, which is the, the, the effect of being hurried or pushed along or having to go along. One gets tired of it. 
I mean, it is a pretty pointless thing to do in some ways. And it's, uh, it's got almost uh, you know, uh, like one of those Samuel Beckett plays where people just run around, run around in circles going nowhere. That's <laughs> the same sort of existential <laughs> statement to it, walking meditation. as in a, as uh, a, a possibility to not to go places but to carry to carry yourself along carry energy along then it's a, it's a lovely statement of life you know? and life does move along but it's not we have to get somewhere we just, just we have to know how to how to move caring how to move bearing presence with us rather than you know presence is out there somewhere or you know the good stuff is out there you've got to get to it and where you are is barren depleted or or pushed you know so carrying presence along remember that when you walk you want to carry your whole body with you take take your whole body along with you so don't leave bits of it behind. So remember, you know, it's like, is this, the shoulder's going to go with you? Or you can leave them behind. Head, neck, back, hips. Are we, you know, everybody ready? Or is it just your feet going to go down and back again? And energetically the rest of your body just, just kind of hanging in as it were mm. where the standing is useful the standing and and accessing the entire your entire body so you get that the vertical axis the completion you know, belly chest shoulders head the whole kit and then okay now let's move together moving along so you're not sitting on top of your feet that are walking along. If you notice the way that walking actually is, it does um, occur from, a, from the back, lower back, hip region. You know, and there's a slight tilt and turn of the body to lift the leg. And a slight, t- and and then the, the shifting of weight, and so on. And just really check out the whole. Um, Synergy, the whole synergy of walking, how the body shifts, its balances and flows, and you get this, uh, you get a flow pattern, the water element. There's a snakiness to it, uh, and the water element is very, uh, a very soothing and cohesive and calming quality element. We're keeping that within this this boundary of the path. Your, your, if you like your earth element or your your resistance, your fixity is just that there's 25, 20, 30 paces whatever it is you can move along within that when th- if things go out of balance seem out of balance, just stop stand still go to your breath be where you are try to get track, trace resistance, whether it's feels like pressure on you pressure pushing you down, 
pushing you forward, dragging you back. Try to not just kind of snap out of it, but, but trace it. Track, if, it, if you can even locate it as particular parts of your body that are not with you, you know, your shoulders, your chest, your belly, and just going to those places. What is it? How is it? What's needed now? Mm. Mostly what will be needed will be something in terms of spaciousness, clarity and compassion. But of course these are thematic suggestions and uh, it's up for us to to investigate, explore with these suggestions in mind. So let's have half an hour of this and then gather again for a sitting. <coughs>